Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 6, 9 through 16. How can young people keep their way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Do not let me stray from your commandments. I treasure your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the ordinances of your mouth. I delight in the ways of your decrees as much as in all riches. I'll meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I'll delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Isaiah chapter 44, verses 1 through 8. But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you in the womb and will help you. Do not fear, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They shall spring up like a green tamarisk, like willows by flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will be called by the name of Jacob. Yet another will write on the hand, The Lord's, and adopt the name of Israel. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Who is like me? Let them proclaim it. Let them declare and set it forth before me. Who has announced from of old the things to come? Let them tell us what is yet to be. Do not be afraid or fear. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there any God beside me? There is no other rock. I know not one. Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 24. Peter addresses the crowd, saying, Peter, standing with the eleven, raises his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, those who are not drunk, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man, 
handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Good morning and welcome to the fifth Tuesday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. Uh, This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 119, Isaiah 44, and Acts 2. And this is kind of a fun reading because um, the, the New Testament reading gives us basically another Old Testament reading inside it. And Acts 2 um, is from uh, the, the day of Pentecost when people are speaking in tongues and bystanders and onlookers accuse them of being drunk. And uh, Peter starts by saying, wait, 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 no, they're not drunk. They're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Um, and so this is the, the birth of the church. And um, uh, Peter addresses these onlookers and, belie- and non-believers and reads them scripture, which they would have been aware of, and says, look, this is, this is what you've done. This is the, the prophecy we're living right now. And through the rest of Acts, uh, a big uh, narrative element is who's in and who's out. Um, you know, as uh, Jews are are in naturally if they want, are the Gentiles in? Uh, do they have to um, become Jews? Um, and one uh, one of the reasons I appreciate Acts um, is that it. It reminds us that God, God's answer to us is always yes. Um, that um, you know, at the moment that you seek God and wish to be a member of the body of Christ, there's no hesitation. Um, the door is always open. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that um, there are no barriers. There's no boundaries around which the body of Christ. Um, you know, is no longer identifiable or, or whatever. Like, um, I think the, the 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 concept that I think is an important but misunderstood. It's I mean, it's called excommunication. You know, who's out and who's in. Um, Protestants um, have historically been uh, have you know when the the Protestant Reformation occurred, one of the grievances against the Catholic Church was, you know, the the nature by which that people were in or out was totally arbitrary and um, quite corrupt. You could buy your way in and out. This, the, the very idea of that is offensive, that, you know, you can, with more money, you can buy yourself and others out of purgatory and usher um, yourself into heaven. Um, that's false. I mean, the the popes that um, laid the foundation for that were corrupt. Um, but I think there's a grain of truth, an important grain of truth in that. Um, that although God always says yes, um, the body of Christ must contain a no. Um, so, for example, Hitler, right? He was a Protestant. He was a Lutheran. 
he quoted scripture in some of his speeches. He wasn't very devout, but he used religion to justify what he did. Um, and the church kind of went along with it. Um, that is the church failing to be the body of Christ and instead being a human, uh, fallible institution and failing to say no when it should have said no. And I, I take that with the Catholic Church, too. They, they were famously tepid um, as uh, the surrounding Italian peninsula under Mussolini allied them, itself with, with uh, the Nazi regime and um, you know, silently kind of just watched as things happened. Um, that is, a, again, a failure to have a no, uh, an inability to stand up and to declare that some things are not acceptable. Um, that, I think, is a failure. Excommunication historically in the Catholic Church, the, the seed of truth that it contains, is that it, um, as, as a redeemable concept, I guess I'll say, is that the idea is the member themselves has failed to act in a way uh, in which um, they are identifiable as a member of the body of Christ. They have done something to set themselves outside that membership. So, for example, later in Acts, the, the barriers that were set up upon non-Jews was only that they not eat food sacrificed to idols. So if one of the Greeks sacrificed, ate food sacrificed to idols, he or she would have, by that action, set themselves outside the body of Christ. And in Paul, Paul probably wouldn't have said anything, but Peter, let's say, he might say, you have, or, you know, he wouldn't have said it, but the equivalent of, of it being said would be like, you have been excommunicated. The church hasn't done it. You have done it. And we await, you know, with open arms when you're ready to return to the church by repenting, apologizing, um, making clear that you are, you have a contrite and humble spirit within you um, and that you won't do it again. That's what excommunication is. It's, it's naming a fissure in the relationship between the person and the body of Christ Arms are still open, but it's it doesn't the church doesn't pretend that everything and anything is a okay. Um, and all of this I mentioned not just because we're reading about the the birth of the church this morning, but also in light of the Atlanta shootings just a few days ago um, on Sunday. Well, before that, the uh, the shooter um, claims that he was motivated out of. Uh, frustration over sexual temptation that he experienced, and he claims to have targeted places where that temptation um, could have been satisfied, and he thought, well, I don't know what the fuck he thought, but that was his claim. Um, uh, he, um, he did so, or he also cited that his religious beliefs instilled in him the idea of this sexual purity, sexual transgression, whatever. It's not, it's not new by any means. I think most Christians have, are familiar with purity culture, and uh, just like there's gay conversion therapy that's horseshit, there's also a whole lot of ministries, 
so-called ministries um, that will help you um, come out of your sex addiction, addiction, regardless of whether or not you actually have psychiatric diagnosis. They'll they'll take your money and tell you that they're curing you of your sex addiction. And he visited one of these places. <clears throat> so on on its face, it appears as though he's trying to self better. I mean, before he went and shot uh, and killed something like eight um, eight human beings. Um, on Sunday, his church, um, which is, I want to say, part of the Baptist tradition, but I'm not confident. It might be non-denominational. Um, his church disavowed any, the word they used was responsibility, that the responsibility all, was all on him, um, that um, they said, you know, they, they voted, I think it was a Baptist church, and that's why it was a vote. They voted to expel the shooter from their membership, which I think is important. Um, again, because without a no, nothing can be a yes. There's no yes without a no. God can't open his arms without saying, this is the state into which you are running into my open arms. That wilderness, that area out there that we'll call sin, um, that is a that is my no. I will not, um, you know, um, you know, the, the decision must be up to you. You must come to God um, from this state of no in order to receive God's yes. But if while a member of the body of Christ, you continue or you go back to your old ways, you have gone back. And this church has said, look, you have, you have left um, any recognizable um, kind of identif- identification with our values. And of course, it's come out that this church um, has contributed in some way to the purity culture about you know, telling members, including this young man, um, to um, to seek rehab if if you are uh, uh, subject to lust or I don't think the word used in this sermon was sex addiction, but there there is some question as to whether or not the church contributed to it. Um, and it is important to remember that the church, just like the humans that make it up, is a fallible institution. Um, I I don't mean to dismiss the responsibility that this church did play, um, but to to point out or to to notice that this church has established a no. Um, when other things have happened of you know similar or even related kind of um, problems, churches have just you know kind of closed their doors or you know kind of turned off social media and just denied denied, denied without ever actually um, recognizing that the person has left uh, the member the membership of Christ. Um, and uh, I also want to recognize that it has been abused and misused. Um, for example, when the Catholic Church considered like not giving a, a Catholic funeral and burial to, I want to say Senator Ted Kennedy or something, um, there's a lot of other people who have done things that the Catholic Church has looked the other way on. Um, and as grateful as I am that it took a stand, a stand, 
the inconsistency with which some churches take that stand is also troubling. Um, because um, if we have a standard, it should be um, you know consistent across you know maybe at least within denominational traditions at least. So if the ba- one Baptist church votes to expel a member for killing eight human beings, is it not uh, you know also true that they should do it if somebody else does that? And I don't know that it will happen. Or in the Catholic Church, if if you're going to threaten to take away Catholic burial rights because somebody in, you know supported um, um, access to abortion, should we not also consider? Um, you know the 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 problem of you know sending young men and women off to die in unjust wars or killing uh, civilians or non-combatants in in wars of any kind, um, and so unfortunately this has been inconsistently applied, um, even though it might still find its way into um, you know the church every now and then. To apply it consistently, I think, would not just um, reassure the watching world that the church is not arbitrary and immoral, um, but that also it would create and remind its own members that there is a no that makes God's yes possible. A prayer for prisons and correctional institutions from the Book of Common Prayer. Lord Jesus, for our sake you are condemned as a criminal. Visit our jails and prisons with your pity and judgment. Remember all prisoners and bring the guilty to repentance and amendment of life according to your will, and give them hope for their future. When any are held unjustly, bring them release. Forgive us and teach us to improve our justice. Remember those who work in these institutions. Keep them humane and compassionate, and save them from becoming brutal or callous. And since what we do for those in prison, O Lord, we do for you, constrain us to improve their lot. All this we ask for your mercy's sake. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.